You're listening to Living Brave, a podcast where nothing's off the table. It's about leaning into discomfort and pioneering a new way of being. I'm Shoshana Raven. I created Living Brave to break down the shame, stigma, and fear holding us back from living the lives we dream of. Here, myself, my guests and friends, share unfiltered stories and diverse insights to help us get out of our own way, build thriving relationships, and step more fully into our authentic selves. I believe that when we realize we have nothing to hide and truly hear each other out, we clear up a huge amount of mental space. And of course, no one can do the work for us, but we can be inspired to reclaim our lives when we step into this radical truth-telling. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode lucky number 13 on Living Brave. Today, we're going to talk about Thing, this topic that I see all the time, abundance and how that relates to scarcity, maybe share an unpopular opinion or two about how our obsession with manifesting could be harmful to our communities, our own well-being, explore what it means to cultivate a true sense of worthiness, talk about this thing called spiritual bypass and some practices of joy and gratitude in our lives. So a little update on what's going on in my world here in Asia. I just touched down in Bali. I feel like just the word Bali, Bali bound, uh, after two weeks in Vietnam, which was a ride. Uh, Miles and I have officially been in Asia for six weeks, and I can tell you that it feels like six months in many different ways. Just goes to show that routine is something we crave so much it's so nourishing right now i love that more than ever which is why we're staying in ubud for probably the whole month um but that n- fact that newness every day in your life just novelty and adventure and spontaneity it really feels like it extends your life um, it's been high highs and low lows some wins and losses and opportunities to grow ultimately um, on the uh, one story perspective on our way to Hoi An from Hue which was maybe I think two to three hundred kilometers but windy roads we went over a big mountain pass it was beautiful and then comes like six o'clock we thought we'd be in Da Nang way earlier and we get trapped in rush hour it's like Vietnam's third largest city which the motorbike to car ratio is probably hundreds to one But anyway, we're diving hundreds of motorbikes, getting yelled at by handfuls of cars and bikes. And I looked around like, why did they let these whiteies on these bikes? (laughs) Like, this is is not what I signed up for. And I knew right then and there I could really have a panic. And then we were in a big roundabout. Miles and I got lost from one another. He has no cell service or anything. There's like thousands of cars. And... I almost get like hit pulling off to the side and I can't reach him for like 15 minutes. And instead of freaking out, which I was still kind of doing, I chose to really document the experience and I took a video. I never shared it, but it helped me so much 
I stayed totally calm. And I think it was because I was able to separate myself from the situations and really take that seat of the observer. I was feeling the emotions, but I wasn't living inside of them. I knew it was all going to be a memory. And this was really special because I don't always do this. I do freak out a lot. And it made me really grateful for the power of things that do give you that observing position. Like journaling, using social platforms sometimes in healthy ways, and this podcast. (laughs) So let's get started uh, with a quote from Brene Brown's Daring Greatly that really sparked a lot of these ideas. The counter approach to living in scarcity is not abundance. In fact, I think abundance and scarcity are two sides of the same coin. The opposite of never enough isn't abundance or more than you could ever imagine. The opposite of scarcity is enough, or what I call wholeheartedness. I underline that a million times on my Kindle, even though you can underline it once. But I came back to it a hundred times. And I I wrote a little post on that. Um, It just strikes me as counter to a lot of what's talked about in the space that I work in. And by the space that I work in, I mean this interesting cross between being a yogi, a yoga teacher, kind of entrepreneur, having some sort of social media platform and following however big or small, promoting an alternative lifestyle, especially one of a digital nomad, designing your own life, and speaking openly about personal development and spirituality. That sounds really niche at first, but there's a ton of people talking about this stuff and doing this stuff. And what I see you talked a lot about is manifesting anything you want. And I've grappled with this idea for a while. And I've asked myself, am I projecting? Am I being overcritical or judgmental? And I think we all are to a certain degree. So that's still there. But when it comes down to it, I really thought this idea of manifesting anything you want in the law of attraction is a narrow. It, looked to me like an example of Western values draped over a spiritual practice. And I wrote it in that post. It's also like, hey, so what if you don't get what you want? Even after spending a great deal of time and energy trying to tap into abundance, do you feel let down by the universe? This feels like the opposite of non-attachment and gratitude, key pillars of the yogic path and the wholehearted path. Meanwhile, the universe is like, hey, I'm so sorry, but I have a lot of other stuff to take care of. (laughs) Oh, and don't take it so personally. And you're not going to sit for a moment and appreciate everything I've already given you? Okay. No? Maybe I'll hold off on the gifts for a while. This first Brene quote really made me pause and reconsider my messaging, my own choices, my mindset, and my values. I love things that make you come back to your values Usually it's the stuff that triggers you. I was living brave about achieving more than you could ever imagine or stepping into you are and where you've been right now and owning that fully. Damn, does it feel good to rest in enough, even for just a moment in time. It's free and it's contagious and it's so freaking attractive. Is the issue really that we're not tapped into abundance or that we're constantly comparing ourselves to others, calculating how much we have and don't have, and fail to have gratitude for what's around us, cultivate acceptance, and find peace in our relationships in our everyday life now? 
as Brene puts it, never blank enough. It only takes a few seconds before people fill in the blanks with their own tapes. So this obsession with more to solve our feeling of inadequacy actually fuels our never enough culture, this scarcity mentality. I began to hash out my thoughts on these topics even more and I started to see talk of abundance and manifestation everywhere. You know when you learn what a word means and you've never heard of it before and then you see it so many times? So just a look around confirms that most of us know how to strive for more. We're actually pretty good at it. And this is bred out of a fear of not having, being, doing, saying, achieving, whatever it is, enough. And where does it come from? Start to think about that. Trying to hunt it down, give it a name so that you separate yourself from it again. Starting from the beginning, we're born not really worrying much about what people think, how much money we have, our families have, what career status we're going to have. So this is all learned. It's a byproduct of culture. So it can be unlearned. That's exciting. The first place we usually learn is the family unit, then our classrooms and other structures. The scarcity culture, it's pervasive, it's driven by shame, and it creates disengagement. And disengagement looks like not caring to protect ourselves from getting hurt or getting let down. The shame of being ordinary, obsessing with striving to be something more and better, also known as not enough. <laughs> so what's the opposite of not enough? not more than you could ever imagine or a buffet of everything in the world there for the taking if you just focus on it and tap into the universal flow of bs and goodies and goddess adornments we need to realize that the seats we sit in right now are already royal thrones right and we can acknowledge that we don't have everything we want and it's healthy to strive but instead of justifying an insatiable desire for more, driven by shame of not being enough, fed by our hardwired capitalist consumer culture, we can see this inability to stay still, to be where we're at, work on that, and cultivate gratitude for the smallest of things, starting with the breath. Abundance is said to be a spiritual practice, which is why I love that Brene later in the same book speaks to joy and gratitude as spiritual practices. And I see a big imbalance in what we're focused on. Starting with myself, I know I'd be better off working on gratitude, leaning into the joy already present in my life. And I see this joy practice as a perspective practice. It's training ourselves to look at the bright side in really layman's terms, acknowledge what you have and acting in service to others. And Brene also talks about key pillars of wholeheartedness as joy and gratitude, which differ from happiness. We all know to a degree that money doesn't buy you happiness, but joy is a state of being that has nothing to do with our situation. I think it's why we love our pets so much, because there's no and there's no means to an end. There's no productivity you're going to get from hanging out with your pet. You just are present with them, and it's joy for no reason. And that joy always comes with gratitude, she says. The two are linked. We need to work for this. 
This relates to ideas about manifesting over the years. And don't get me wrong, I believe in the power of following your heart and your intuition when nothing logical is telling you can make it. And you make it happen. It feels like the universe rolled out a red carpet for you. I always say that. It feels so good and it's real. And beginner's luck is real for anyone who's read The Alchemist. But there's also a form of surrender in there that's important that's often lost now with the talk about abundance, the surrender and acceptance that the laws of the universe are so much bigger than that in your manifestation. Things like gravity and karma and a multitude of forces that we don't know about. And so I think when we set intentions and strive for achievement, we'd all be better off detaching a bit from the outcome and just doing it because it's authentic to us, because our heart and our intuition is saying, yes, take that leap. Or looking at our lives and seeing we're not excited to wake up in the morning and being choosing our heart and choosing a path of joy and choosing a change. There's nothing wrong with that. But doing it not because of where we hope to be, because of where we are now. And it's just like sharing. Just because it feels right down to the bone, not because we're hoping to get validated by it. Oh, JP Sears, Awaken on JP, Awaken with JP on Instagram, and he has a YouTube channel. He has so many hilarious videos speaking to these topics like spirituality and kind of this like pop culture spirituality. And he has two. One's called The Law of Attraction Secrets, and one is called, what is it, How to Get Rich by Doing Nothing. The first one, The Law of Attraction, he just stares at a vision board for years and then he gets this coach who tells him he needs to know like exactly how much money he's going to get and how many people he's going to get <laughs> on board. And he does a video teaching other people to get rich by teaching other people how to get rich and miracle equations. And it's really funny. I recommend it. The other one, vision boarding, which I'm not hating on vision boarding. Um, but he does speak to something that really is triggering maybe if you vision board but it's so real like is it really just material things you think you need to cover up how inadequate we feel and even if it's not a photo of a big house or money most pictures he says are conveying a shallow message of meaning to convey that what you're really saying is just money and that's harsh but it's important and the greater picture of these two videos and his whole platform in general is this phenomenon called spiritual bypass. I looked up what it, what it meant. The first thing that popped up on Google, it's a tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developmental tasks. I always thought of it as using spiritual language to justify, quote, bad behavior and mask what's really going on which is called spiritual bypass I would like to do a whole episode on that because I have no shortages of examples for my own life I do it all the time I'll get in a fight with someone an argument and I'll be like well it's just a projection and it's almost like worse than just saying fuck you because you're acting holier than thou and it's actually still your ego wanting to be right but now you have this piece of information that if 
yeah, I, it's a whole thing, but I do it all the time when I'm realizing it. And I think that our obsession with abundance and manifestation and vision boarding is in part a little bit spiritual bypass if we do it in the wrong way. And it can be totally not. But knowing this stuff is kind of great. And like shields ourselves from falling into the same traps we did last time, but under a different guise. So I find that a lot of mainstream talk about manifesting in abundance also overlooks power dynamics and privilege. Yes. It's like five years ago, I was working this shitty job in New York that paid me so much for a 21-year-old who had like no billable hours. And yet I spent it all. And now I had no, I, no reason to believe I could do anything I'm doing now because of the systems we're in, they're like, ah, you don't have an internship in it. You really want to go like get a pay downgrade, but I did it. And yet that has so much to do with my privilege and power dynamics. There's such a small, like it, there are stories of it, but we need to understand not to undervalue our big wins and our achievements and our leaps of faith, but acknowledging those cushions underneath us that help us like the idea that I was even confident enough to do that that I had a family system that was supporting me and I grew up hearing yes you can you can try that new thing you can be what you want those things I didn't even have gratitude for until I realized holy shit I should have gratitude for my for my own confidence that didn't come out of nowhere that was someone else yeah (laughs) <laughs> really excited. So what I'm proposing for myself and inviting all of you to do with me is acknowledge that we are masterpieces in progress. That some days, just like construction, it's really loud and ugly and distracting and bothersome. But that big change doesn't happen overnight. It'd fall, it'd crumble, and it probably wouldn't look really good. I wouldn't have a lot of character. That by taking the time to imagine what we want our future selves to look like and planning what steps are needed to take us there, who we want on our construction team, the estimated timeline, the belief in ourselves that that's all important. So yes, tap into that energy of momentum we call abundance, but don't get caught up in it, forgetting that sometimes the end product is much different than what we set out to do. And that it could take a lot longer than expected. That we get distracted, sometimes to our benefit. And that we could miss the life around us, the joy of the surrounding nature where the structure is being built. That we risk becoming self-centered and perfectionist when we're obsessed with our abundance mindset. The good news is, you are already enough. It's okay to strive for excellence to do our best. In fact, the world needs that from us. But the world also needs us to lead by example, to step into brave leadership, to say, I am in this process and I see others and their beautiful works in progress too, and theirs are just important as mine. I was thinking of this idea of overnight successes, that right as we tap into abundance, decide with our hearts that we need to change, we finally muster the courage to take a leap. Sometimes it feels like a flop because it's not instantaneous. Isn't it supposed to be? And I wrote a post about this on Instagram recently. Five years ago, I left my desk job for a one-way ticket to India, a yoga teacher training, and a shot in a new career in writing. 
Through Instagram, it might look like this was a swift transition. But up until a few months ago, I was writing on topics that would bore the majority of you to pieces. I still suffer from negative thoughts, loneliness, even inside a loving partnership, and all the other normal human things that no person should ever feel shame about, despite the noise telling you that once you take these leaps, you're all set. Work still feels like work sometimes, even yoga. And to say that it was a five-year overnight success story would also be false. Growth is non-linear, and I have a long way to go. Repeating growth is non-linear. Anyone else tired of hearing that happiness exists on the other side of some hurdle? I've had enough with the talk about abundance. I do believe that magic happens when we get clear about our dreams and feed them with energy and intention. But the best I've ever felt is in the midst of deep gratitude and joy for what's around me. That enoughness. It all doesn't shift into alignment at once, or maybe ever, and you still have every right to be ridiculously happy and blissful there too. And this second away from the post, I felt so much shame for doing work and acting out of alignment during this process of getting to know myself and going on a spiritual journey. For example, I had been writing for Investopedia, this um, website that covered big business news, and that's the first job I got out of KPMG because it was in line with my business background. And I was at a yoga festival, and I met this guy, and we got along so well, and we were going to these hot springs, and we had spent so much time together, and we were finally kind of diving into, like, okay, what about your real-world life? And I was like, yeah, you know. I write um, for a couple different publications. He's like, oh, what are some of the topics? I'm like, ah, you probably wouldn't think it's very interesting. Like, I wrote about Bitcoin last month. And he goes, that sucks. (laughs) And I felt so shitty. And I was like, what am I doing? Am I fake? Like, I decided with my heart I took the leap. And like, ah, I'm hiding from the world that, like, not everything I do is in alignment. And I think a lot of this comes from the extreme pressure of an idea that just by having a clear vision and focusing on abundance, you can manifest anything you want and fast. That if you're somewhere in the in-between, say teaching yoga a few times a week, but going to your consulting job that you aren't thrilled about five days a week, that you're somehow failing at manifestation. That if you sometimes get upset for reasons that you know you shouldn't, or you snap at your partner, or you actually don't pass that exam after trying your hardest, that you're not tapped into the universal flow. And fuck that. Redirect all that space to just be for a second. Realize you are safe, cared for on a path, and evolving every day, and that's beautiful. I continued the post with, while you can't give people what they already have, and you surely can't sell it to them, You can guide others through the journey of finding it, staying honest about your process, even if it's messy, and especially if it's messy, through all of it. That's brave leadership. It's a tougher route and sometimes feels rare, with people constantly flaunting their wins and selling courses and products and advertisements that glorify the lifestyle they have obtained or guide you to take the same leap that they did or achieve a certain level of surface 
level success, whether it's making X dollars per month, quitting your nine to five, doing whatever, like it's a magic pill to their same level of happiness. This is cheap and easy. Blah. The motivation behind everything that I create is to try imperfectly. Is that a word? Yes. To guide others to find that peace, that joy, that connection of knowing that they are enough. And beyond that worthiness, worthiness of standing in their truth, owning and sharing their story if they feel called to, and living a life that feels authentic to them. That's the motivation behind my content, retreats, yoga classes, these podcast episodes. It's a constant practice of coming back to this why, with a constant temptation to slip into validation by external metrics, a thirst for popularity and money in the next milestone. The post continues, my only wish for this world, seemingly always asking for more and better, is that we feel peace where we're at, here and now. And we seek fulfillment through true service to ourselves and others over external metrics and surface level validation. That's brave as fuck. <laughs> it's against the grain. It takes a certain level of self-awareness and ownership, but it's the most freeing thing we can do. To feel connected, cultivate an ability to direct attention to what lights us up and appreciate what we've been gifted, big and small. It's a practice. And if you're in it, know that I'm right there with you in the thick of it. Struggling and laughing and getting mud everywhere <laughs> and getting agitated and making friends also stuck in the mud. Thank you for listening to episode 13, Enough About Abundance. And if you haven't checked out the earlier episodes, there are some deeply moving and inspiring conversations that I'm really excited to be a part of putting out into this world. If any of them make your day a little brighter, inspire you to live a braver life, or move you in any way, or if you disagree with them, have another thought. Please reach out to me. Share the podcast on your social platforms. And send it to your friends, of course, to support. My Instagram is Shoshana underscore Raven. And my website is ShoshanaRaven.com. Leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts is the ultimate gift to Living Brave. It helps more people find it and increases the impact of this project. Aiming to inspire community and break down shame, stigma, and fear culture. My upcoming March retreat with Miles, my partner in India over Holi, is still open. I'm so excited. My first Living Brave Yoga and Transformational retreat is now set for November, and I'm going to be sharing the details with you soon. I'm also building a meditation course and offering one-on-one -on -one sessions, so please, if you're interested, I'd love to know, as always, connect with each other, with me. Let me know how I can support you. Most importantly, have a beautiful winter wherever you are. I'm in my bathing suit, actually. I haven't gone in the pool or anything yet, but I am in Ubud, and it's sweaty. So I'm giving you a big sweaty hug, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much. <laughs>